Is it going? Okay, we're officially recording now. Do you want to? Right, Ollie. Do you want to introduce our our first guest of the Real Talk podcast? Of course. So, Amy. Um, Amy messaged me about four days ago. Was it four days? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Basically, I won't read out word for word, but Amy messaged me and said she listened to us talking about um, the whole. <clears throat> stereotypical get married have kids have a dog have a house by a certain ages and she messaged me and said basically i'm 35 this year single multiple careers she's traveled decent job intelligent but she's single so she was like i'd love to come on and talk about the whole norms and um you know the expectations like we said so amy okay. like i said i won't i'm not going to read your message out but why why did you why did you get in contact, basically? Um, I think, well, hi, everyone, first of all. Um, and hi, Ollie, hi, Josh. Uh, I think I got in touch, basically, is because it sort of, what you what, what you were discussing, not just the thing about relationships and norms and stuff, everything that you were discussing kind of hit a bit of a nerve with me because it's it was, it was real, it was reality, I could relate to it. Um, and in terms of the sort of relationship part of things, I think society expects women more than men like you were discussing to have had children by a certain age or to have be you know to be married or to have that sort of plan for their lives um and i just think there's a lot of stigma around women who don't have children or or aren't married in their 30s um but it comes from that sort of um the publications that say okay I'm a single woman in my 30s and I've chosen to be this way or I'm independent and I've chosen not to have children or I've chosen to follow my career or whatever I don't think there's ever really a narrative that I've seen that that explains that there are women in their 30s that maybe just they want that and they they're looking for that but they just haven't had the opportunity and it's not it's not happened for them and I think there needs to be more of a discussion around that because there are a lot of women out there who get to probably my age and maybe a little bit older or even younger and think oh shit like I've got a biological clock and <laughs> I'd really like to have children it's not it's not the same for men um but it's kind of like I think women then just get this thing in their head where they're where they're sat there thinking oh Christ like if I don't have kids in the next I don't know five or seven years I'm going to be a, an old mum, B, I might not ever have them, and C, like, it, it might, you know, it might ruin their lives, or it, they think it might ruin their lives. So I just thought it would be pretty interesting to talk to you from my perspective, because um, I'd love to have children, but for me, it's just not happened. Um, I think yeah. that there's a lot of women out there that are like that as well, and I think... I was speaking to my little sister and she, well, she's my little sister. She's 22 years old, which is always my little sister. And she's talking about, you know, pre-planning her future. And I think we naturally do that when you get to a certain age. You kind of, we were saying this on the previous episode, you plan your future, like, in advance. For example, mm -hmm. like, Amy, when you were 20, where did you think you would be today? Like, what were your, what were your expectations of you in your 30s when oh, you were 20? I don't know. I can't. I can't even remember that far back. <laughs> Did you not like? But do you not remember having some sort of, you know, like for example, 
or people planning their weddings when they're like only 16 and yeah. where they want to live and who they want to be with and that kind of thing yeah I don't think I ever had that in my head I never sort of like had my wedding planned out or anything I just always thought that it would be something that would happen kind of naturally and and whenever it happened so I think I was more focused on um jobs career going out having fun and um, you know I'd I changed jobs quite a lot throughout my 20s and I did quite a lot of traveling and and I went to a lot of gigs and festivals and and, and I really just had fun it wasn't as though I wasn't sort of if, if somebody had come along and we'd have had a relationship and it would have worked I wouldn't have said no to the prospect of having children then but it just kind of didn't happen with everything that I um, was doing with my life so I don't really think I had this sort of, right, I'm going to be married by the time I'm 30, I'm going to have kids, I'm going to have a mortgage, I'm going to have a dog. Mm. I just, I don't know, I think I was m more just going with the flow and then the older I got, I was like, oh, shit, yeah. See, that, that's, that. that's the, that's, I think that's the best thing to do is to just go with it. Like mm. we were saying last time, has Ollie frozen? He's frozen. So, yeah. <laughs> He looks like he's oh got sleep. Is he, is, he, is he awake? Well, we'll carry on. Ollie, are you there? I'm here. Can you hear me? <laughs> <laughs> Your camera's frozen a little bit, but it should be back. To, oh, he's gone. I'm coming. I'm coming. He's turn. I'm coming. There we go. Yeah, so what I was saying is I think more people need to do that, though, like go with it. So tell us a little bit about what you've been up to then, because you say you've had many jobs and you've travelled and stuff. What have you been, if you want it, obviously? Yeah, no, well, I, no, think no, I, I, like I get asked this question a lot. But um, so I left uni with a degree in journalism, which is what I do now. I write for a local newspaper. But when I, when I left uni, I just didn't want to do that. So I worked at the Marriott full time, which is w where I know Ollie from. Okay. Um, <laughs> and then after that, I joined the fire service and I was a firefighter for six years. Awesome. So, but it, that was up in Glasgow. So I moved up to Glasgow, but I kind of felt like I, I, I was sort of in between Preston and Glasgow. I came back a lot and didn't really settle up there. Spent six years doing that. And then just through various different sort of um there were there were there were various different reasons why I left, but I just decided that it wasn't for me anymore, and I wanted something a little bit more kind of intellectually stimulating. So I left the fire service and went travelling and went to Australia. Lived in Australia for a couple of years. Went around Southeast Asia. Um, you know, worked in bars and in restaurants and stuff like that. And then came back to Preston about three years ago. Um. And then, yeah, just fell back into journalism, went back and studied. And then now I'm writing the news. <laughs> so what, what made you come back? Um, my visa ran out. <laughs> All right. Did you not like, could you not renew it or? No, I went on a working holiday visa. So it was, unless you have a trade, um, which I kind of didn't really, not, not, not a trade that Australia were looking for, um, then you can't really stay um it, well it's difficult you could you could there's ways around it but, I, but because I went on my own I think I just found it really difficult to find um something that will keep me there um you know and I'd, and yeah I just had to come back <laughs> it sounds like because you fo you focus obviously a lot on yourself but mm. what you said because you focus yeah. on this you've done what you want to do you focus on your career took you to Glasgow took you to Australia so over the years, I'm going to do something that you've seen your friends and one by one, they've dropped off 
and they've had a partner and they've had kids. And obviously the friend group gets smaller and smaller. Obviously, yeah, that's, that's, that's exactly that what happened. Friend starts panicking because she's thinking, shit, she's a baby, she's just got a partner, she's dating someone. And then you start panicking and panicking, you know? That's exactly what's happened in my situation. I'd, I'd, I'd left, basically left the UK when I was about 29. Um, and people, people have boyfriends and whatever and all this kind of jazz, a couple had kids. And then I came back and it was like, I was just turned, I just turned 32 and everyone was getting married. Everyone had already had babies. I'd kind of like missed a lot of people's 30th. I'd missed, I'd missed christenings, I'd missed births and marriages. And I was like, oh, fuck. Um, I don't have anybody else to sort of like socialize with now. So um, at the time when I thought, right, okay, yeah, it's time now for me to settle down. Like, I think I've done done my traveling or I've, I've experienced life I'd like to actually share my life with somebody else and um, it just gets it's got to the point where it's really difficult to to find that and, and meet that person especially with like social Tinder media and, stuff, yeah. and online dating and stuff it's, it's like obviously so how, you're 35 so well so, 34 so, not 35 yet don't be adding don't be adding years on Jesus, too Ollie, come on mate <laughs> 34, right so say for example the whole dating scene what would your cap be for a guy, it's in terms of age. In terms of age, oh god, I go like early forties, I think. And what about the other way? Yeah. Oh. Twenty-one, twenty. <laughs> no lower than like twenty-eight, twenty-nine, because mm -hmm. you just you just find that the maturity levels just are not the same, and yeah. I think that there's some there's some truth to that, but there are some lads out there, probably a very small minority, that that are like, for example, like I think I know this one guy, and I think he's 22, 23, and his girlfriend's got like three kids with someone else, and he's been a really good stepdad to that person, yeah. and he's, he's he's stood up and took responsibility, and he's only like 22, 23. The thing. Um, the thing with that is, though, is that like once he gets older and he gets to his thirties, you 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 change and you develop quite a lot um, within yourself, and your outlook kind of changes the more you go through. So it it might be to say that he he's he's like that now, and I don't know the guy, but but from experience, I know that you you do change, and mm. and the things that you want change, um, regardless of of who you're with or or, or what your circumstances are. That, that's interesting though, but do you think there comes a time in your life where you stop and you're just the same person? Or do you not think that we're always changing? And like, for example, you're the way you are now at 34. Do you think you'll be completely different at 44? I don't know. <laughs> I don't that's know. The thing. Yeah, we, we, we don't, do we? I mean, like you said before about the whole reason why it's so hard now to find something organic and natural is because everything's just so flick of a switch now like yeah. go on tinder swipe left swipe right you don't meet people organically anymore everyone just meets up at a coffee shop or at a bar um and they already have their sort of expectations before they've even met that person yeah this um, is this is what i found really difficult as well and it, it and i've been on the dating apps and i've come off them and i've been on them and i've come off them and, I'm, and i just find it i find it really quite superficial to be honest because um you find that if you meet somebody in a bar or in a pub or wherever in real life, you can you have that sort of um, you you can you can feel that. I know it sounds it sounds weird, but you can feel their aura. You get a vibe yeah. from them, and you yeah. and you know whether you can 
sort of converse with that person by their body language, their eye contact, whatever. You don't get that from online dating. So you have to filter through the the people that you are attracted to physically before you've even seen whether that attraction is replicated in real life. So it's it's a, it, it's a weird, weird situation to be in. Um, and it's just it's just one of those things where you're like, oh my God, right, okay, so I've wasted a week chatting to this guy and then I've met him in real life. We got on really well over the text, but then there's nothing, there's like no yeah. zero connection whatsoever. There are some guys out there that have good chat online, but as soon as you're in person, it's like, well, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I've seen in your, uh, on your social media, because you went through a stage of when you've been on a few dates, you'd, yeah. Oh, we don't. <laughs> Not name, but obviously, Josh, Amy went, and after each date, she'd obviously sort of give the world the rundown of how it was and blah, blah, blah. So she was very uh, outspoken about it. But at the same time, people would read that and think, who the fuck does she think she is? But at the same time, I was thinking, well, it's clearly someone that's not going to settle for anything less than knows what she wants you know what I mean like if, if there's something that's not clicking she'll say right that's not clicking on to the next do you know what I mean yeah. so yeah. she's spoken about it all uh, thanks for bringing that up yeah it's, it's, <laughs> yeah I think that, that's good though because it gives because like do you ever sometimes I get annoyed at this for example like if you go on a date with someone and for, for whatever reason you just don't connect with them uh and, and, you, and you tell them straight, say, look, I'll be honest with you, I don't like you for this reason. And they turn it back on you and make, make you seem like a bad person. It's like, well, no, like, I know what I want and you yeah. don't fit the bill. Like, I've, and there's I nothing have, wrong. Yeah, I've had that a number of times where I've perhaps been on a date and I've just been like, there was, there was just no connection. There was nothing that, that made me want to see that person again. And, and I think you've got to have that. You've got to want to see that person again. And then I've had friends and family members go, oh, you know, it, attraction can grow, give them another chance. And I've just been like, I'd only be doing it for the sake of it. But then there'd be a couple of people who, who maybe I've just said, look, you know, it, it was a nice date, whatever. Um, and then they've just been like, all oh, right, OK, yeah, fair enough fine and like, yeah. you've been Get really kind of got on the offensive about it and I'm like oh wow all right well what would you rather me do would you rather me tell you or would you rather me just ghost you and ignore you because I think I, that's worse I think that's a, I think that's a self-confidence thing because if you said that to a guy straight yeah. away you're gonna be thinking well something's something's up with me something's wrong whereas in reality there's nothing wrong with him he was good looking he was fine but he just did not you didn't feel the thing do you know what I mean don't but you I, think that's that's what girls think as well. And I think in this whole situation, guys and girls think that they're so different, but they're not. They're actually quite similar in the way that they think. Like for a girl, if 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 you've been chatting for, I don't know, however long on a dating app or whatever, um, and then the guy suddenly stops talking to you, there is so many thoughts that go around the girl's head. It's like, oh my God, what did I do? Did I say something wrong? What right, did I say? right. I need to stop you there, Amy. Do you, th- <laughs> I, I genuinely, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, I think girls are better at taking rejection than men or are they just better at hiding the fact that they're rejected? Because I think men really cr- are crap at taking rejection. Do, do, I mean, from your own experience, if you've turned down a guy, how many times has he gone and got a bit aggressive or a bit like, oh, well, you're a dick anyway. I didn't, didn't like you anyway. Or how many times? Is- a couple of times. But there's, but then, I don't know. I think that because 
because you don't kind of see that. You don't see the chat between men as to how they have taken rejection. Like a girl would would be really open about that with the friends. They'd be really open in talking about it. And from my experience, like some of my male friends who've maybe gone on dates and stuff, they've just kind of brushed it off and, and brushed off a rejection or just said, oh, yeah, well, I went on a date with somebody and, and yeah, well, she was she was an idiot so it didn't work out and I'm like is that is that reality is that what you really think or are you just too sort of afraid to say or too embarrassed to say that, that she didn't want to see you again and maybe I it's like it's I was just gonna say maybe it isn't a case of gender then maybe just everyone obviously I mean everyone's different and people handle rejection differently like I'm me personally like I don't think I'm the best at taking rejection to be honest I mean, I don't take it the wrong way, but it, it, it damages my ego because it makes you question what's wrong with you as a person. Am I not attractive enough? Um, am I not rich? Do I not have enough money? What's wrong with you? And there might genuinely be nothing wrong with you, but you start to think that there's the, all these problems wrong. Yeah. But in I, reality, you just didn't match with that person. I agree, especially if you like that person. So if you go on a date with somebody and then, you know, you find yourself really attracted to that person but then that person kind of rejects you and says, oh, no, I'm not feeling it, then automatically you you start to think that. But if you go on a date with somebody who maybe you weren't, it, what, there wasn't anything there anyway, you don't really feel so bad if if it does end in rejection. Um, but I, I hate I hate rejection. Like, it's, it's awful. It makes you feel, it does, it makes you feel really self-conscious and really kind of insecure because you all, you wonder what you've, like you say, you wonder if you've done something wrong, but I think the way that the way that we date now, I think people go on a lot more dates than they did do 10, 15 years ago because they're filtering through a lot of choices that they have on social media or, or on the apps or whatever. They're able to go out with as many people as they want, whereas 10, 15 years ago, you'd meet somebody in a club or a pub get chatting and then you go on like one date in a month or something I, I don't know it's I think um we're at a case now where oh there's one slight inconvenience and rather than working at it they just think right fuck off onto the next one and go on tinder for the night yeah and then I think that's what happens a lot as well I think uh we've kind of in a, in a way lost our own the, the 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 right way things should be done for example, like if you're in a relationship with someone and you've only just started dating, that first argument is a make or break because you could then decide whether, oh, this relationship's worth fighting for or you think, I can't be bothered with this person, this is too much, and you, you walk off and go on Tinder. I don't know. I think, that, again, that depends on the person and whether you rush into a relationship, you should be able to scope those sort of qualities out. Mm. But before you get into a relationship, you know, this is where people take the piss a little bit for example you could be dating someone for for two years before it's a relationship but, but are you though really yeah of course not that. it's just an excuse so you can say well we're not together we're I not think together so I think if you're with somebody for two years then of course it's a relationship there's nothing yeah. else that can be and I think like we skim around the edges of of I don't know labels so much it's like if you're seeing someone for four months or five months then there's something going on there. There is some kind of re- some kind of relationship, and I just don't. I don't. I think it's. I'm, I don't know. It's, I know what it is, and I'm going to confirm it for the female. 
for the female listeners out there, if you're dating a guy and you've been dating for a number of weeks or months and it's not you've not labeled it as boyfriend and girlfriend, that is because he doesn't want to 100% commit to you. If he doesn't say, you're my girlfriend, I love you, I want to be with you, and he's not done that, and you've been dating for however many months, it's because he's not prepared to commit. I, I'm sorry, lads, but I have to say it, because, it, I mean, Ollie, you agree, no? You agree? Yeah, I agree. Listen, my, my, the last relationship I've been in, when it, when it ended, I was told to my face, you know, I'm not feeling it. I didn't feel rejected or anything like that. I didn't, I didn't feel like I've done anything wrong or there's something wrong with me. I just had to accept the fact that, I mean, if going back 10 years, yeah, I would have thought, well, what the fuck's up with me? I've fucking done something wrong, blah, blah, blah. But 33, I was just like, well, okay, I, I appreciate that, fair enough. Obviously, you do think, you know, well, why is she not feeling it? You know, what's the reason? You know, but you, if, if you're both adults, you discuss it and that's that. You're not feeling it. You're not feeling it. That's it. You can't, you can't flog it at all and, you know, play like happy families when something's not right. Do you know what I mean? But I didn't feel rejected. I didn't feel like um, I'd done anything wrong or something was wrong with me. But I think that's because I'm quite, I'm quite comfortable with, do you know what I mean? Like, you are. You're not feeling it. You know, if you, that's it. That's fine. I'm not, I'm not like, oh, well, fuck you. I'm just, okay. That's fine. And obviously I dealt with it. It was tough to deal with, but I did have to have those words. I'm not feeling it. After you know a good five six months or whatever, I can't remember what it was. Yeah, so. I, I actually had that last year as well, <laughs> but I don't think I handled it as well as you did. <laughs> how did you handle it? Yeah, how did you deal with it? Cried a lot. <laughs> well, well, well. I think Ollie did as well. I think he missed that part out of the story. Maybe <laughs> no. Yeah, I was, I was I was upset. I was real upset. Yeah, yeah. You just upset. I think it just made me feel like, especially going back to like the age thing, because I'm at the age I am now. Like, I was like, oh, no, like, another relationship's ended. Like, this is it. Is this going to be... You watch. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's not to say that, like, that person that I was with was might have ended up in marriage with kids. Like, there was never any of that sort of talk whatsoever. It was just we were enjoying each other's company, and then one day he decided that he wasn't enjoying my company anymore. And I was like, all right, okay, so what's wrong with me? And then I just started, like then the cogs start ticking in your head. And I was just like, oh my God. So if, if he doesn't like me then, you know, and I have to go on back on the dating apps and I have to do this. And am I ever going to find somebody that I'm going to be able to settle down and have children with? And I think for, that might be the case for quite, like coming back to what we were talking about before is that, that that's sometimes the case for a lot of women. And I think it might be the case for some men as well. Like some men do get to like my age and your age and think, Oh, right. Okay. I'm still single. I think men have it a lot easier though in that way. For example, men can be like 40 and not have to worry about it um, in that case. I mean, for me personally, you know, having kids, yeah, it would be nice, but I'm not relying on it. For example, I don't want to say I want kids. I'm going to have kids because the reality is I might not meet someone that I, I want to have kids with. And who knows, I might end up being 45 and I've still not met anyone. And, and I personally, I'm, I'm okay with that because it's one of those things that if it comes, it comes. But, you know, what would you rather have? Okay, I'll put it this way. Would you rather be in your situation now, single, career-driven, you know, and in your, th- in your early 30s? Or would you be in your early 30s in a marriage that you're not happy with, but with like a couple of kids that you love, but you're connected with this person you're not happy with? What, what would you rather have? I know the answer, but like... Yeah, I think I... Well, I 
I know a few people who are in that second situation. A lot so, of people will be, yeah. Well, yeah, like close friends of mine. And um, I think I, I, I'm very fortunate to be in the position that I am now and not have to worry about something like that. Um, so, I'd, yeah, I'd rather be in the position that I am now because it, I think it would be so difficult um, if you were in that situation. But then again, I think if if you are, you because you have children, you push yourself through it and you get yourself through it because it's not just yourself that you're looking after. It's, it's you know, you've got, mm. you've got one or two, three other little people that you have to look out for. So it kind of doesn't become about you anymore. It becomes about them. Um, yeah. But yeah, saying that at the same time, I'd still, I'd still prefer to be in the situation that I am in now. Hey, um, yeah, previous relationship. And again, Josh, going back to the first episode, Obviously, when you were with this guy, you were in, as in, did you feel at the end you put all your eggs in one basket and then you'd be spinning bit yeah. for doing that? Yeah, but massively. That, I always do. I always do. Can't <laughs> way. You, can't, you can't be half in, half out. You're either in or you're out. And that's yeah, it. well, if, you've, if, you, if you're putting eggs in other baskets when you're in a relationship, that's cheating. Well, yeah, well, <laughs> On the dating scene, it's okay. But if you're in a relationship, then of course. Yeah, but, or... if you're, but if you're dating somebody and you're seeing them like four or five times a week and you're in, co in, in contact with them so like so often a week and, and you know that they're not seeing anybody else and they yeah. know that you're not seeing anybody else. So it's not, you're not yeah, dating that, other people, are you? So No, that, no what I mean, what, I think, yeah, no, I agree. Uh, what I'm saying is like, for example, picture the scene. I've met I've matched with a girl on Tinder and we got talking and you know we're back and forth chat. I've not met her, back and forth chat, but then I'm get another match and you're gonna be talking to them. Now, if I meet the first girl and we get on like a house on fire, then naturally I've already made a decision and I'll I'll commit with talking to her. But what I'm saying is if I met her and I didn't quite feel anything, then I'd meet someone else. That's like your your other sort of seeds, if you will. I think when you have that discussion and you see this person, you think, you know, yeah. I, I, you don't want to go to them and go, what are we after a week? Yeah, but if, you, if you're talking on a regular basis and you're meeting each other more than once or twice a week, then I think it's pretty self-explanatory that, you know, you are dating that person and talking to someone else would be a bit disrespectful, I, agree, I, I think. After the first few weeks or months, and obviously you know what the crack is, even if you don't have to have that discussion, you know what the crack is. Like, you're in, I'm in, that's it, done. We're, we're, you know, we're on. But when we speak about the four back people that are together for like six, seven, eight, nine months, but it's a case of, oh, is, is this your girlfriend? Oh, well, sort of, yeah, sort of, no. They're the people that are not in or not out. They're the people yeah. that want to put all their eggs in one basket. And whether that's because they've been hurt in the past by it or because they're thinking, shit, if I get with this person, this is it. You know, I'm, that's it. So... Yeah. So why, from a from a bloke's perspective, then, why do blokes do that? Then why why do they stay with that person if they don't want to commit? I'm the worst. I, I, I'm all I'm all in all the time, and Josh is worse than me. I, I know why, Amy. I know why. It's because deep down, men are scared of being alone as well. So if they if they're with someone and that person's great and they're giving them everything, so they're giving them the sex, but they're also giving them the emotional and emotional stability as well. But you know, and they've got that. They don't want to lose that, and it's up to the girl to to because because the guy, if the guy's messing you around and he's doing that and he's not fully committed to you, but he's still getting all the things that you know a couple would be giving each other, and he doesn't want to commit to that person, he won't stop 
unless the girl says, right, what are you doing? Like, I'm giving you everything, but you're not even committed to me in that sense. And I think men don't want to lose that. So they would rather get what they want and still, I think that's why guys cheat. I mean, I don't know. So you call it settling because I don't think, I think that's maybe, correct me if I'm wrong, maybe that's like a difference between some men and some women, whereas a guy could clearly enjoy that and carry on with it for months and months and months and not commit. But speaking personally, if that was if that was me, I don't think I could be with somebody if I wasn't willing to commit to them. If I didn't see, you know, if, if, if they were giving me everything that I needed, but I wasn't quite feeling it, then... Why would, yeah. why would I want to stay with them? Like, yeah. this is, and some of my close friends will know I use this term all the time. A lot of people use their partner as the insurance policy. No matter what, they're gonna, they know that insurance policy is there covering him, uh, no matter what. So him or her would go out and do this and maybe be unfaithful or maybe talk to other people or maybe just be a little bit um, inconsistent with how they are. But they know, he or she knows that. They've got their insurance policy at home, waiting. They're always going to be there, no matter what. That's really shit, though, isn't it? Doesn't it sound? Yeah. That's how it is sometimes. I know it sounds like such a bold way of saying it, but some girls do know that their bloke is at home as insurance policy, and no matter what she does, he will be there. Okay, and that's heightened even more when there's kids involved because he, she could go out and do whatever she wanted, and he could go out, and knowing that he's at home or she's at home, and they've got a kid together, that's even one more reason why they're not going to split up. They're going to be together no matter what. You know, and it's such a horrible way of saying it, but I've said it before, you know, you see people like, oh, he's always going out cheating on her or she's always out cheating on him. Well, they know that their partner is sat at home and that's it. They're, they're overly, overly reliable. That's what it is. The team yeah. I think I, I agree with that. And I think that's really sad because, you know, there's always going to end up being somebody hurt in that situation whether it's like one week the man's hurt, one week the woman's hurt, whatever. Um, and, you know, I just, I, that's probably why I'm still single at the age I am, because yeah. I don't think I could, I don't think I could stand for that shit. I think I'd just be like, nah. It's, <laughs> it's better to be. Like, the thing is, and you'll know this, but when you meet someone that, and you get a certain feeling, like, you'll know, and you'll be glad that you've waited mm. long enough, because, I mean, what happened with Will Smith? Like, I think he did a story. If you like, he he got married and had a, his first child with this woman, and then he met. Was it? What's her name? Jada. Jada. Yeah, Jada Pinkett yeah. or whatever. Yeah, Jada he met Pinkett. he met her, and then he went to a public toilet, sat down, and cried his eyes out because he he re, he made the he had the epiphany that he met the wrong married to the wrong woman and had a kid with the wrong woman, and he fell in love with Jada, and I think quite a lot of people. Need to need to realize that that is a possibility. That you could meet the right the right person. You could meet somebody, and be like, oh, I'm I'm 27, I'm 28, 29, 30, whatever. I think it's time I should start having kids now. And they have kids for the sake of having kids, not because they meet someone that they're happy to share their life with. Mm. And they get that they realize that later down the line. And that's why divorce happens, and that's why people have affairs because yeah. they're not truly happy and they've got married for the wrong reason or had kids for the wrong reason. Well, what you said before that you were you you were kind of accepting of the fact that if you don't meet anybody and you don't have children, then that's maybe just you know you've accepted that 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 might happen. How did you going a little bit like deep here? But how did you 
how are you able to accept that? Because for me personally, like having kids is not the be all and end all. Like it's something that I would really, really like, but it's not having the opportunity to do that. I think that that is yeah. um, that kind of not frightens me, but worries me a little bit. So say, for example, I don't meet a guy until maybe I'm 38, 39. Um, and then we're together a couple of years, but then I can't have children. It's mm. the fact that like I would have wanted them, but then I can't have them. Yeah, it's the worrying the, thing. So yeah. like, how do you go about accepting the the fact that maybe you know, oh, if I get to forty five, maybe, and I'm not a kids, then fair enough. Because I don't know if that's something that I'd be able. Well, to I do. think it's it's important to understand that having kids isn't the one and only way to be happy and have a happy life. Like, there's so much stuff in the world. And I think that it all boils down to, we've got the, the problem that we have as a, as a society is that the end goal is to get married, have kids, have a house, have a dog. That's what everybody wants. I don't know why, but there's so much stuff in the world like we can do. Like, there are some people out there who don't have hobbies and they don't do things they enjoy. They just socialize, go out at the weekend, and work a job that they're not a fan of but it pays the bills and if they meet someone and they have a kid then that that's them happy but what happens after that what do you do once you've got the wife or got the husband and got the kids what happens then do you know what i mean and mm. i think it's important to understand that you know it's a big world out there with many fascinating people all over the world and i think you oh, know yeah. I, I would love to maybe someday meet someone and settle down and have a family myself that'd be awesome but if that doesn't happen it doesn't mean I'll never be happy. Like there's okay. loads of other things. I, th I think Josh, you're you're the sort of person, and knowing you like I do, you're the sort of person. And what you what you're trying to say, don't, not to put words in your mouth, but you're trying to say that whenever my clock runs out, I want to look back and think, right, well, I've had a happy life, I've had yes. a happy time. Whether kids and a wife come into that, great. If they don't, great. It it don't matter. You know, my happiness isn't relying on having kids and having a wife and having a dog. Having a nice house with a little white fence outside it, you know, mm -hmm. to some people that will make them happy. But if yeah. that's if that's not if that um, if those ingredients haven't sort of gone into your fucking soup by the time you die, then that's fine. It's just not what it's supposed to be. You yeah. know, that's what you're like. you're just like if I'm happy, whatever has made me happy, that's what it's supposed to be. Yeah, I think. Go on, Amy. Sorry, I was going to say. I think I have I have like similar feelings as well. Like I've I've. I've done a lot with my life in the last like 14 years I've done a hell of a lot and I don't think even though I am sort of now at the stage where I feel like I don't know what it is about getting to like 34 and mid 30s I don't know if any woman ever feels the same but you kind of started looking at like interior design catalogs and like <laughs> looking at gardening stuff and I just think to myself wow 10 years ago I was just still busy going uptown but like now I'm just looking at ways to decorate my room and stuff like that and it's it's strange but I think um having all those experiences and doing everything that I've done I look back on it and I'm like I wouldn't change it for the world at all I think it's made me the person that I am today as cliched as that sounds but um at the same time there there is always that kind of feeling that you're missing something like that there's that there is a, something missing from you and, and and all the experiences that you've had instead of having those on your own you'd then like to share those with somebody else I get that. and maybe make new experiences but with someone else so that you can share those memories and stuff so the missing piece of the jigsaw you mean 
I know what you, I, I understand that 100%. And I think that comes down to uh, we always want what we haven't got, mm. or we always want what, we, what, what someone else has. So, for example, how many people do you know haven't even been on holiday in like five years or haven't been to Australia? You've been to Australia, you've lived and worked in Australia. Um, there's people out there that have kids and have a family that would love to go to Australia. And I think it all comes down to like what, what Ollie said before, and this is my outlook on everything. I always imagine myself being 85 in a rocking chair, wherever I am in the world. And I, as long as I can look back and be like, mate, that was a sick life, that I'm happy. <laughs> Doesn't matter who's in it because people come and go all the time. Like your life is on, it's constant. It's never right, 35. Right, that's it now. My life now. Now I just need to sit in my cottage and have my kids in the garden. Life constantly keeps on going. You might decide to go travel to America next year and do something. You know, I don't know what your intentions are, but yeah, maybe if coronavirus does one and we oh, can. Yeah. I've, I've always wanted kids, and I've, I've I've always wanted the whole kids, the wife kind of thing. I really want kids, and obviously I work work with kids. But whenever I nip around to my sister's house and see her kids and I see just how 100% full on, it's like a full-time job. It is, yeah. Like, Jesus Christ. I can't even look after myself, let alone two children. You know, so that does, it doesn't put me off as such, but it's... A- it's like, mate, when, when I go to my sister's house, like, I see my niece, she's only three, love as pieces. After 10 minutes, I'm like, oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I am the same. I have friends that have got kids and I've got nieces and nephews as well. And I'm just sort of like, whew. That was intense yeah. after I've been with them for like an afternoon. But I think if it was if it was your children, it was your situation and, and you were with somebody who you were ready to have children with, then it it'd be a lot different. It's the fact that like they're not they're not yours, I think. But um yeah. but yeah, you I mean you are completely right in the fact when you say, you know, having children isn't the be all and end all. I think that for for the though for some people who get to a certain age, it is that factor of well. I might not be able to have them. Yeah. So it's that the worry because even though they don't know whether they want them, or even though they don't know whether that's like a an an absolute for them, it's the fact that after a certain there's a cutoff point where they might not be able to have them. So yeah. you know, it's it's that sort of worry that that can be in a lot of people's minds, and I think that needs sort of like maybe needs discussion more um, amongst women and amongst men. Um, I think that's when, you know, you can freeze your eggs and do things like that. I think if you're at a certain stage where you're like, this isn't going to happen anytime soon, freeze your eggs. Yeah. You know what I mean? And same for guys as well. well like, message me, Josh. Sorry to interrupt earlier on today. And she said, um, you spoke a bit about the strength of the women's body clocks and having kids. But it'd be interesting to hear the side of the pressure that women here that don't want to have kids. So they've got a partner, male, female but they just don't want to have kids. Yeah. Like, do, you, do you think that people look at them, her husband or wife or partner or whatever, and think, well, why haven't you got kids? Why, why haven't you? Yeah, yeah. Maybe. You know, just don't want them. And then they're not seen as, not a complete couple, so to speak, but they're seen differently to the whole man, woman, kids. Man, woman, or woman, woman, man, man, but they've not got kids. And I think, I think they've got massive pressure on them because people, the whole society norm thing, says like we said before the timeline goes girlfriend wife kids dog blah 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 but um Gervais Ricky Gervais and his, his girlfriend he's he thinks he's got a girlfriend of like 25 yeah they've got no kids and they've got no intention on kids at all have you seen his stand-up well, show 
what? Have you seen his stand-up show, Humanity? Yeah. He talks about it. It's it's fucking hilarious. Like, why would I want? Is it what is it, Little Hampton? Is it Little ha- Little Hampstead cunt? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we don't want kids. We've got each other. We've got cats, and that's it. We don't want kids. Yeah, but... I know quite a few people who are like that actually. Who who find it really, um, really stressful and really quite invasive when yeah. people continue to ask them, "Why haven't you had children yet?" or "When are you having kids?" And it's like they feel like they they're being asked questions that they don't want to answer and they feel really uncomfortable answering those questions. And then they also think, well, why are you asking me this? Why is it any of your business? Why do I have to fit that norm? Why do you think that that's the the next logical step in this process when they're quite happy in their little house with their little lives and going on holidays and doing what they're doing? And and they have no intention of upsetting that apple cart. It's, you know, that's... Again, it's, it's biologically, biologically, yeah, it is the way it's supposed to go. Like that's just the way it's supposed to go biologically, and it always has been since the since day dot. But things change, culture changes, and some people can't quite get that. They don't get that at all. It's you like know? the sort of situation where if you're at like a, a, a wedding and then the aunt that you've never seen or met before comes over and goes, "Oh, where are these yours?" and you go, "No." Have you got kit? No. And then they look like, "Why?" Like yeah. they're, conf- they're genuinely confused as to why you don't have kids, and it's like, oh, Josh, yeah. I think my dad said to me a couple of times in the past, he's like, Right, when are you or your brother going to start having some kids because your cousin's the only one that's had him, and we need to, we need to like procreate and carry on the bloodline. And I'm like, Oh my god, dad, shut up. <laughs> that keeps on coming up a lot. Like, people want to leave a leg, like, leave a bloodline behind, and I never understood that. Like, because to me, it's like when I'm dead, I'm dead. Like, onto the next life like and if i had kids to carry on the family name or whatnot like i'm just like if i'm gone i'm gone just interesting for history though isn't it and like for ancestry and my cousin's been doing a lot of family tree stuff recently and some of the stuff that she's found out is is just unreal it's like it's so interesting and so like when you look back at photographs and of where they live and places where they lived and stuff you're like oh my god i was related to this person or Oh my god! I wonder what it was like to have lived in that time, and I don't know. It's just it just it's a bit of nostalgia, I suppose. But yeah. depends what what type of person you are. I think. <laughs> I have a question, Amy. So, what is what's what would you say is different about dating in your thirties compared to dating in your twenties? Good question. And let's not let's not let's just assume. I kind of want to go off the whole well, Tinder's ruined everything because like there's more to it than just oh, it Tinder has. and Facebook, but. <laughs> What what would you say is different? So this is for you know girls that are in their twenties. What to expect when they're in the, if they're single in their thirties? Like what's the difference? I think. Well, I'm only going off. I'm only going off my experience. But yeah, of course. I think in your twenties, you're kind of more carefree, um, a little bit more um, ready to just kind of drop things and just be sort of like, oh yeah, well if you want a bit, a bit more spontaneous, I would say, um, mm. and, you know, up for doing whatever, for spending all of your time with that person, because, you know, it, you're in your 20s, you've, I don't know, when I was in my 20s, I just partied quite a lot, so it was like just, yeah, that kind of thing, a little bit more carefree, whereas I think in, in your 30s, um, the partying dies down a little bit, especially because the hangovers aren't, yeah, take a week to recover. Yeah, not a good thing. And I think you're looking for something a little bit, a little bit deeper, really. A little bit rather than just like a superficial sort of, oh, he's fit, she's fit. 
um, let's go out together, let's go, let's go and do this, let's go on holiday together. I think you're looking, for, me personally, I just look for a little bit more in terms of like conversation, um, a little bit more in, in, I don't know, having having similar ideologies or being able to being able to debate as well or being able to discuss things and appreciate each other's um, different points of view. Uh, and then maybe, I don't know, like planning our adventures together. Yeah. Do you, th- do you think, sorry, that, for example, I mean, I've, I don't know how many partners you've had in the past in terms of relationships, but have you ever been truly, I'm just going to get a bit like emotional here, have you ever been so heartbroken where you're like fuck men hate men don't want to don't want to meet them ever again have you ever been really hurt yeah and that's affected your ability i mean as it naturally would just to date again let alone being in your 30s but dating in general yeah affecting my trust a lot i think um Mm. being told one thing and then literally like two weeks later the relationship ends and you're like whoa, hang on a minute, this has just happened and then you're ending it, what? And yeah. like, for example, I will, I, will, I will give you an example. Like there was a guy that I was seeing and um, who'd like told me that he loved me, told me that he never met anybody like me, that I was the best thing to ever happen to him and all this kind of stuff. And then like a month later, he ends things. And I was like, what? Okay. What reason? That's just, uh, I don't I can't even, well, there was, I don't know, there was a few reasons. I was, I was looking for a new job. Um, he, he had a kid with somebody else. Um, and I hadn't, I hadn't sort of met her or, or anything. And because I wasn't ready, I wanted to continue with the relationship before bringing his child into it, because it, I don't think it would have been fair on the kid had yeah. anything happened and we needed to have been certain about each other. And he was like, I don't know, just so affectionate and so loving. And then the next minute he just ends it and he was like, I don't think, um, you know, I'm having problems with, I don't really want to say too much because I don't yeah, want yeah, of course, yeah. to too, too much about the other person because, you know, that, that ended. But it, it just made me think, how can you say that to somebody? How can you tell that person that you feel that way about them and then the next minute just end things change your mind yeah change your mind and it, and it you know it's it was really quite it does something to a person because you think hang on a minute you've just you've basically have you just have you lied to me have you been stringing me along like have you I don't know it's it's a weird situation to be in and it makes it made me personally really question everything that a guy would be saying to me yeah. and 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 would make me kind of insecure in terms of when they if if they were giving me compliments I'd find it really difficult to accept because I'd be like well is he actually lying is he telling the truth you know like and and I think that would that then hinders um the opportunity for something to happen because a guy can tell when a girl's like maybe a little bit insecure or maybe is sort of not believing what he says and I think that can be frustrating for a bloke as well to always need that reassure for a woman to need that reassurance I think that's a big fear because even even if people play happy families and guy meets girl and they're together for 10, 15, 20 years, they could be madly in love and have the perfect life or what they perceive to be the perfect life. But things can change overnight and it's out of his control, it's out of her control. Things can just change, you know? Mm. Whether he sees someone in the street 
and he, he turns his head and he, and he looks and then it gets in his head, shit, why have I looked twice at that girl? And then things like that start festering. And I think people are sometimes afraid to pull the trigger and say to people, right, what are we? Are we together or are we not together? Because they do know that things can change on the flip of a coin. And like your situation where everything was great, he was affectionate, he was nice and said all these nice things to you. And then I'm under the assumption it was in the space of about a week or something, just things start to turn and then that's it. It's completely yeah, I don't even know what. Yes, and I think that's why I think that's why some people don't are in these situations when they're seeing people for like a year and they're not together because they're too afraid of what potentially could happen. But the way yeah. I see things like this is and I said this to a mate around the corner not too long ago. I said, if you are in that situation and yes, you, you do you both commit and say that's that, even if it ends horribly, at least you've played your cards. Mm. At least you've played them, you've put them on the table, that's it, they're upturned, that's what I've got. At least you're not sat there with your cards close to your chest and you're too afraid to, to put them on the table. You know what I mean? I think um, a lot of people need to see it as it is gambling in a sense. I think I watched a video, you know, an Alan Watts video, and, and that's what like relation love is, is a gamble because you're putting yourself on the table. And anything could happen. You've got to, if you meet someone and obviously you meet this person and you want to be with them forever, you've got to understand that, you know, it is a gamble because you don't want to put your cause of happiness in the hands of somebody else. So that's, that's something you've got to work on yourself anyway. But when you meet someone, you've got to understand that, you know, this is a risk and you've got to be prepared to take that risk rather than taking a step back every time you get a bit nearer. Does that make sense? I don't know if... Yeah, just to add to that, just to make it even more of a uh, amazing saying, you could just say, it's high risk, high reward. Yeah. You put, you put it all out there. Like I said before, with the cards, your, your cards are out there, you played them. The, the risk is extremely high. Mm. They're, they're on the show. But the reward for that could be massive. Yeah. Hope they reciprocate as well. Yeah, like. I also think that people sort of are reluctant to to do that, to put their heart on the line, so to speak, or to or to give it their all, and um, because it is their heart, it's their life. Mm. Whereas, if you use the analogy of like um, a job interview, like you wouldn't not go for that job interview or not apply for that job because you thought it might not be right for you, you thought you might not get it, you'd do it anyway and see what happened. And if it didn't, if you didn't get the job, you didn't get the job, you know, or if you, mm. if you got it, it could be amazing. So why wouldn't you sort of do that with like love or your heart? Why wouldn't you actually try and give it a go? Yeah. And then if it works out, it works out. But if it doesn't, it doesn't, you know, it's one of them, isn't it? We've all, from what it appears, we've all had very similar kind of experiences. Like I have, you have, Amy, like we've just said, and Josh, obviously you have. And Obviously. <laughs> yours were on for a while and. Um, you were very open and public about, you know, a lot of things about how things were going on. Yeah. I think people are, some people are completely opposite to you where you don't want to talk about it to anyone. You don't open up about anything, talk about it. And they're those people with their cars like this, like close. Yeah. Which will be, you know. I think it's a bit embarrassing like from, uh, for those, there's a lot of people that might be listening to this that don't know who I am, but there's people that do know me that won't even know this. But like, I got married two years ago, and I'm currently going through a divorce right now. And it, it's, and I'm, I'm 27. So I think people don't want to talk about it because it's embarrassing. You've, you know, you've, 
you, you put on, for example, if you put on social media, like, oh, you know, we're really happy together. We're doing this. We're doing that. And it, and it fucks up. It's humiliating. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think, Ollie, you, you, you could see me go, oh, it was horrible. But, like, I think that's another thing why people don't talk about it is because you look, people look at you and think, ha, dickhead. Like, that. I mean, there will be some people that will probably snigger at that. You know, they were like, oh, well, it didn't work out. You know, you were looking so happy and, you know, but that's just the reality of life. Like, sometimes shit happens sometimes and you can't go through life and expect everything to be perfect. Mm. I, think to the, I think that people should be less embarrassed about stuff, though, and, and try to be less humiliated. Like, for, for, it took me a long time to sort of accept where I'm at at the moment and accept that, okay, I am single, I might not have kids, I'd, I'd like to, but I don't want to force it because I don't want it to be something that, that is, is just manufactured. Um, but at the same time, like, there's no, there's no shame about that and you shouldn't feel embarrassed about it. And I think that when, when Ollie mentioned before about the stuff that I put on Facebook about, like, my, <laughs> my dating um, escapades, um, I think that was just my way of coping with it and me taking the piss out of myself and the situation allowed me to to kind of accept it and to also then work through it and work with it so that I, I didn't feel like I was going from date to date and having like just shit date after shit date with people that I wasn't keen on. I just used it as a, as a kind of coping mechanism. It probably wasn't the best way to to do it but it's it was one of those things where I felt well rather than me be actually humiliated here I'm just going to humiliate humiliate myself instead in a kind of self-deprecating way. Can you go into detail a little bit about what these escapades were because I'm not familiar and I don't think the listeners are either and we need to know just briefly. I have been told that I should write a book but um yeah we'll see um so what is it so is it like you going on a few dates and then doing a summary of the date (laughs) just let me put some context around this I never went on a date with the intention of them writing about it that was never the intention it was never like I was going on a date thinking oh I'm only going on this date because I'm going to write about it that was that was never it and and she's she's a journal mate she's a journal that's That's it come on no I was, it, that was honestly, like, I swear to God, with, with stuff like this, that would never be my intention. And I've been on a number of dates that were actually really nice. And the people that I went out with were really, really nice. And I never wrote about them because I just don't think that's fair on them. It just didn't work out because we just want, we were just different people. But it was the ones where, I don't know where you'd, I'd, I'd, I'd go, they weren't even really horror stories, but I'd go and sit down and I'd go and meet them in a bar and call me a bit old fashioned, but they wouldn't even offer to buy me a drink. Mm. And then I'd ask them questions and you'd start a com- try to start a conversation and they'd literally be like one word answers. And oh, it was like I, I was that. hanging my head against a brick wall. And I remember going out on this date once with this guy and all he talked about was Man United and his daughter. And I was like, is there anything else? Like, what do you like doing your spare time? Like, who's your favourite United player? I even got into the football conversation and I was literally getting nothing back from him. There was no questions asking me anything about myself, no questions asking about what I did. And it was just me, like, trying to drag information out of this guy. And I was just thinking, fucking hell, wow, this is brutal, man. (laughs) 
I have a question, a quick question. Sorry, Ali. Um, this is a, quite a controversial topic with who pays first. Or, for example, you're on a date for the first time. Who pays first? Right. Well, okay. So I think it depends what you're doing. If you're going for a drink, then I reckon the guy should offer to pay for the first drink. And then I think it's, it's up to whatever like I would always offer to pay for a round I'd always be like right okay do you want another drink I'll go and get them blah 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 um but if you're if you're going for a meal and the guy has suggested going for a meal then mm, he should yeah, pay I agree but if you're if you're doing something like I don't know say for example if you're doing something that involves um going out for the day and maybe I don't know let's just say Blackpool or whatever when you go to the pleasure beach and you have like a little bit of a don't know fun time on the big one yeah. um, then I don't know like was that an innuendo <laughs> <laughs> only in your Definitely. head <laughs> I, I I sensed an innuendo in there <laughs> but I, I I agree I think like it depends doesn't it like for example if you offer do you want to go out for a drink it makes sense to pay um mm. I don't know why though because because I think some some women out there might be a bit offended by that and think oh do you think I can't afford it do you think I've got no money? I don't know. I d to be honest, uh, well, I, I can't speak for all women because I, because I don't know. I can only speak for myself. But um, I find it, I don't find it offensive whatsoever if a, if a guy offers to pay. I actually think it's quite nice and I think it's quite traditional. And, um, you know, that doesn't necessarily mean that the woman then expects it all the time. I think that some women just like that kind of chivalry first off because it says something about a man. It says like what kind of character they are. And if a woman's looking for something from that, that bloke, then she knows that they are able to offer that, you know? I don't think it's, I don't think it's a controversial topic at all. I just think it's the way it is. If yeah. no matter what, if the first time you meet someone, you pay. Second there time, is. Second cool. time you, until, until I'm stopped in my tracks, I will always pay until I get, until they say, oh, if they said, say if we wanted a date and I paid for it, fine. Second date, I went to pay for it. If she said to me, oh, I'll get, I'll get it this time, I'd refuse outright. And if she wants to play that card, I'll say, right, well, if you're going to get that, we'll, we'll hard, we'll split it. Do you mm -hmm. know what I mean? But there has, there has been the, the partner that I've just been with, we've got into some little tiffs before because, uh, you know, I would pay just because I would. And she, I, I, she wasn't offended as such, but... She didn't like because she was so independent. She obviously it, she was such an independent person. It, she got her ass up a bit about it because it, she felt like it was taken away from her independence a little bit. Yeah, she was lying, but you know, she, I we completely got it. We talked about it a lot of the times. But at what point here, are Amy? So at what point? Say for example, you went on a date with a guy and he paid for it. Second date, you went out for a meal again, and he said, you know, can I have the bill, please. What would you do then? Would you offer to... Yeah, I'd say, what do you want to do? Do you want to split it? Or, like, if if I felt that that was r the right thing to do and I felt like... I don't know, like, I wanted to split it, then I would, like... And of course, you don't you don't go you don't go out on a date with a guy, especially like these days, expecting him to pay for everything. Like I wouldn't do that. It is nice when they do it, but I would always offer. Um, although I will tell you about a time I went on a date, and it was like 
date number two or date number three with this guy and we went for food and then at the end when the bill came I was like what do you want to do do you want to do you want to split this and he ummed and ahed for about three minutes looking oh. down at the bill looking back up at me looking down at the bill like going um well uh I don't really and I thought oh my god make your fucking mind up like seriously and then he was like well you know I have just been paid today so I suppose I'll pay oh for my it. god I was like what? <laughs> what? What would you do? What would you do if um, <laughs> what would you do on the second date? And you said, oh, "I don't. What do I do? Do I split the bill?" And he said, "No, no." And then you <laughs> and you went, "Oh, thanks." And he went, "No, no, no. Thanks to you. Your, your, it's your turn." Would no you... man would do that, surely. <laughs> I, I've heard stories. Trust me. <laughs> I, one of my mates is a famous story where she went out and the guy wouldn't even buy it. I drink like it's real, real bad, real bad. I don't know. I think I'd be I'd be a bit taken aback. I mean, like, how do you feel if the guy always insisted and he got to like third date, fourth date, and he, he did always just force once you pay for it? Would you be completely okay with that? Or in the back of your mind, would you be thinking shit like? No, I'd feel I, it, it wouldn't be okay. It, it, I think it depends on, on how you felt about that guy. And if you wanted to see him again and you wanted to keep seeing him and he wanted to keep seeing you, then I think there would have to come a, a point where you would go, listen, let me get this, let me get this one. But if he insisted and you kept saying, no, let me give you, or at least let me give you like 20 quid, 30 quid towards whatever, and he, and he point blank refused, then there's not really much else you can do about that. But like, I'd, it would make me feel a little bit un uncomfortable if it was like fourth, fifth date and he was still paying for everything. Then... You'd have that conversation, wouldn't you? And, he, and if, he, if you said to him, look, I'm a bit uncomfortable with you constantly paying, if he still didn't want to respect that, then there's an issue because he's not respecting your wishes in that way. Like, oh, over Christmas, what do you think of this, Amy? From a female perspective, I, I was dating this girl for a couple of weeks, a couple of months, actually, and not once, not once did she ever offer to pay for anything. And I don't know if it's my fault because, for example, like, you know, we, the first day I, I, I paid everything, uh, everything was paid for. But there'd be times where, like, when the bill came, she wouldn't even flinch. I'd, I'd, there would be, I think this was like the fourth or fifth day, I kind of slowly reached out for my wallet just to see how she'd react. Gold digger. Gold yeah. digger. <laughs> I was pet, but, but then, then, we had, then I had a car accident, got whiplash and got like three grand. So it was win-win for me. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? But um, like some, I think, I think it's just some people don't want to pay. Some people no, just don't. I do think it's a bit uh, presumptuous of a woman to expect a bloke to pay every single time. All and if the they time. don't even offer, like it depends what you're doing. If you're going out for meals all the time and they're, they're expensive meals and that's setting that bloke back like quite a bit of money every time you go out, that's that's out of order, really. I think that if you're, you're maybe going for lunch or you're going for coffee or... I don't know, you grab a quick drink in the evening or I don't know, what do people do on dates now? Go, <laughs> if you go to the zoo with someone maybe, then, you know, like pay pay for their ticket to get into the zoo. What does it cost to get to the zoo? 12 quid, I don't know. Like it's, you, you would just, it's just courtesy, I think. What would you do if, you know, you said to a guy, you were seeing this guy and you're like, oh, do you want to go for a meal? And he went, and, and if he said to you, Oh, I'd love to, but I'm I'm a bit stuck. I'm a bit short on cash at the moment. Uh, I'm just I'm just gonna wait a while. How would you react to that? 
Would you like, say, oh, I'll get this one? Or I, would you be like, oh, never mind then? No, if I could afford it at that time, then of course I'd do that. I'd be like, don't worry about it. Let's go out. I'll pay. Or I'd be like, all right, then let's stay in. Now buy a takeaway. <laughs> Maybe I'm just dating the wrong women then because like, I've had the worst experience these last, this last fucking year, <laughs> haven't I, Ollie? It should just be so natural. Like with me and my mate Lucy, if we went to Mackey's, oh, I haven't had a Mackey's in ages. Oh my god, yeah. and stuff like naturally, it's the case of yeah, I'll get it, no problem. Then next time we go in a week or whatever, she'll get it. Not even think about it. It's, don't even discuss it. It's just it's just the way it is. But I think under the whole umbrella of a date, the ex, the uh, the stakes are raised slightly. Mm. Goes towards the whole courteousness and stuff like that, and you know, getting who's paying for the taxi here and there, blah blah blah. But also, isn't a guy trying to impress a girl on a date? Like, you know, so... Of course, yeah. And vice versa. So the, the woman gets dressed up. So Totally, that goes two ways. The girl is trying to impress the guy, and the guy is trying to impress the girl. But I, I think I think I, I'd vibe massively off a girl that wants to impress the guy with her independence. And if he tried to pay on the first date, my, my arse would fall out if the girl said, oh, no, you know, well... We'll split it. I'd be like, it's the effort, isn't it? It's reciprocating the effort. I think there's some psychology that, I mean, I've not, it's in that book I'm reading at the moment, but there is definitely some psychology behind why um, it's, it's talking about investments. Like, for example, if you take a girl out and on a, for a really expensive dinner and, and you buy her a really expensive gift, for example, you're saying to that girl, I care about you enough. I'm investing this much of my financial, of my money mm. to you. For example, if I went and met a girl and I, and I just, I don't know, um, fucking gave her this marker pen. I have that. Anyone can give her a pen. Do you <laughs> know what I mean? It's not special. But the guy that spends 100 quid on the meal and buys her some roses and chocolate and maybe a Tiffany & Co necklace, he's investing his efforts into that person and that sh- and she would be then realizing he cares about me he's not messing around nah I, so and what if josh what if they've not got the they've not got, literally got the the money for that they want to do that i they don't would. agree with that i don't agree with no? that i, I don't because I, I don't think that there's a lot of women that that aren't phased by money there's a lot of women that aren't phased by that you could go out and you could go to the local pub for a meal um and that would be enough. You don't have to spend like, I don't think, I don't know, maybe it's just me. You don't have to spend like hundreds of pounds on on a woman just to show that you're invested in it. I think it's more of a, for some women, it's more of that um, that attention uh, concept of, of showing that you're listening to her and showing that you're um, actually invested kind of like emotionally rather than materialistically. Yeah. Um, I think it depends though as well. For example, like if, if the guy's really rich and he gives her like a hundred quid, just the hypothetical reason, and, but in the bank he's got millions, a like hundred quid's nothing. But if you've got a guy that's got, I don't know, 200 quid and he gives her 50% of that and gives her a hundred, he's, he's giving her more because he's got, do you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I don't think it's a case of trying to impress her materialistically. It's just showing that he, he wants to, he's investing in her. Do you know is, what I mean? Is that what guys do then? Is that what guys think? Like, oh, I'm going to spend this much money on a woman and that means, like, that I'm investing... No, I think it. I think it's an actual, like... Um, oh, it was actually on a Joe Rogan podcast where the guy... He explained it better than how I did, but... It's the theory. 
it's like it's something about that. I don't know. I'm not a scientist. Am I? I don't fucking know. <laughs> um, anyway, Amy, question: What advice would you give to girls in their twenties that are like you know? <laughs> There'll be people scared of being in your situation. And how, what would you say to them in order to reassure them that it's not as bad as they'd think? Um, I'd say go out and get a husband now and get yourself up the duff quick before you run out of time. No. <laughs> um, and the podcaster. <laughs> no, I think, I mean, I've, I've got friends who've had kids, like their first kids when they were 40, 42. So things things change and and um society changes and expectations change and i think it is slowly shifting there are a lot more older mums now and, and women in their later 30s who are leaving it to have kids or who maybe haven't met the correct person yet and then when they do they'll have one child or two children i would say don't <laughs> maybe like pot kettle black here but like don't make it your number one priority you've mm. got to concentrate on yourself first because in it, any relationship you have to compromise and if you're not willing to be it or, or you can't do that and you're just give 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 like if you're like 27 and all you want to do is being in be in that relationship so you do anything to be in that relationship then you kind of you're compromising yourself but you're not willing to compromise something on the other person's part if that kind of makes sense I don't know if it does um, but I would say just try and if you're 22, 23, 24, you're so young, you're mm-hmm. so young. Like my little brother's 24 and I could not imagine him having children right now at all. Yeah. I've got friends who are 24, 25 and I'm like, yeah, I mean, if you want kids at that age and, and, and that's what you want, great. But you've got so much life to live and there's so much, like you were saying earlier, you, there's, there's so much out there to experience, to change your perceptions on the world. Like Ollie, you'll know, cause you worked abroad um, mm. quite a lot and that will ch- change your expectations and change your outlook on life. Um, mm. Get as many experiences as you can, but, but it's not, it's not a bad thing to always have it in the back of your mind, but just kind of don't make it your number one goal. Mm. Don't focus your life around that. Yeah. And not to not to force things. I think, yeah. like you know, I mean, it, what I like about Instagram now is I'm getting loads. I don't know about you lot, but I'm getting loads of like quotes coming up on the explore page, and there's some good quotes, you know. Yeah, like, I'm like, oh, that's mint. That like that is good. Like, and and it's it's just you know stuff that we already know, but it's reassuring to see it that it's actually you know people talking about it. Like, you know, don't force a conversation. There's no conversation there. Don't force yourself to have one. If someone's like, you know, not willing to talk to you, then don't, you know, push them and force them into talking to you. And I think it's the same with everything. Yeah. Don't have kids just for the sake of having kids. Don't get married for the sake of getting married. Just keep you doing, you know what I mean? Yeah, I think so. (laughs) Well, I think um, the, the, the reality is like, you know, time doesn't wait for anyone. And it is a harsh reality, you know, like there will be a time where, you know, if, if you miss the boat, so to speak, nothing you can do about it, unfortunately. And it's how you deal with that mm. that helps. Don't like, you know, for example, if you get to, you know, 40s and you're like, oh, still not got kids. Then realistically, yeah, maybe it is a bit too late to be having kids. I'm not saying it is like you could still have kids if you, if you can, but 
the reality is time doesn't wait, but yeah. it's how you react to that. Exactly. And I have I have had the thought of like um possibly freezing my eggs. That has been a thought that's crossed my mind. My doc my doctor laughed at me when I actually asked him about it a few years ago. And he was like, Oh no, you're too young, it's fine. And I was like, hmm, really? <laughs> um yeah, cool. yeah so I have thought about that but then I also thought about you know there's there's a lot of if it is something that I do want and I get to 40 and it's not happened or I get to 42 and it's not happened there are a hell of a lot of kids out there who don't have parents yeah who you know adopting fostering and if that is if anyone else finds themselves in that situation where they haven't had children they want children but they haven't been able to have children physically because there's been other complications or they just haven't, you know, it's not been the right time, then there are other options and there are children out there who need a lot of love um, that maybe, you know, they haven't got it from from their biological parents. So there, there are opportunities to to have children, um, even if it's not, you know, biologically yours. Yeah, yeah. And I think as well, like, your perception changes as you get older as well. So, like, you might be stressing about having kids and having a husband and whatnot. But, like, who knows? Like like you say, like, when you get to, like, your late 30s, you might not, it, you might not even be bothered. Mm-hmm. And you might be like, oh, you might be that auntie that shows up at the party like, with a pina colada or whatever. Like, I, think I, already am. I think I already am that auntie. I just turn yeah. up with a gin and a bottle of wine and they're like, oh, yeah, auntie knobheads here. <laughs> I, th- I don't know. I mean... I think, I think most people, I'm the worst at taking my own advice, but it is literally a case, isn't it, of just taking things as they come and not to, we were saying this in the first episode, weren't we, Ollie? It's just not to stress too much about things that you can't control. Yeah. I don't know. Do you have anything you want to add on that, Ollie, or? No, just going off what you said, Ben. I mean, everyone's got control over what they do and how they behave and stuff like that, but I personally don't think that anyone's really got control. It's like, everyone's got a life path that they're going to take and stuff and we think we're in full control over it and we think we've been proactive about stuff but like I said things can change overnight so like you just said every day take every day as it comes that's it as long as you've got a basic you know idea about what you want that's fine you know that's kind of what I want want to happen but I personally feel that we have, we have got control over what we do, but we've not got control over anything else at all. Nothing externally we have control over. We've not got control over people or people we meet. We've not got control over our partner at all you know they do what they want to do and vice versa if it works it works if it doesn't it doesn't but you know don't don't stress yourself out with it and again i'm, I'm shit to take my own advice but that's the way i see we all are aren't we but there's no i think the, the the moral of the story is there isn't no there's no wrong way to live your life yeah there's no oh you've, you've done that wrong like oh you've, you've got no kids oh well you know what you're doing with your life i remember when i used to work at total fitness in preston i was a sales rep boss uh, what was it? What was the actual official title? An MC uh, that you know you, you get them to sign up for the gyms. Mem- and uh, there was huh? membership consultant. That's the one MC membership consultant. And uh, there was a couple that came up and they wanted to join. And they must have been in the fifties. And uh, I was like, I, I popped the question. I was like, oh, have you, have you got kids? And they both looked at each other, laughed, and went, no. <laughs> and they were the happiest couple I've seen that whole day. <laughs> so, like, I think it's all about perspective, isn't it? Like. Well, get a dog you can let get a dog i mean that's the same less less maintenance as a child and think of the money you'd save if you didn't have kids i know dogs don't talk back to you either they just bark so i mean none of us have kids so it's hard for us to say but like imagine raising a child for like till it's 18 and then you realize what a knobhead it is 
you still love him, obviously, but you just think my life would have been so much better without you. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't know. Um, I think I've, I don't really have much else to add to that. But I have a feeling, though, that we're going to talk about this kind of thing a lot. I don't know why. Mm. I feel like a lot of people are relating. Do you have any questions, Ollie, for Amy? Or I, not? I had a lot of I had a lot of messages after the last after we spoke about the uh, females on the first one. I had a lot of people messaging me, loads and loads of people with kids, without kids, this country, different countries, um, loads of stuff. So yeah, I guarantee it's going to pop up again at some point. I guarantee if this gets released, there's going to be people asking questions and saying, oh, what do you think about this? Or a yeah. on this? Or, I mean, it, it's hard. When, I mean, as you'll know, Amy, like, when you film these podcasts, like, there will be, you know, there'll be a time, as soon as it's finished and we've done the episode, I'll go make a cup of tea and I'll think, didn't ask that question. <laughs> and you'll forget things. But yeah. I think what struck, you, somebody messaged you the other day and was like, oh, my head's smoking at that, how guys talk about what girls talk about. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. What do you think? Do you think we just talk about football every day? My head was literally spinning with that. The, we, we just talk about normal stuff. Like you and I talk about loads of stuff, Josh. But she was she was baffled at how similar conversation how the conversations were like. Yeah. Talk about the same kind of stuff as women do. You know, she was baffled by it. I think a lot of women would think like that. A lot of women would be surprised that guys talk about the same things. Maybe not in the same way. But yeah. they do discuss the same things, and I, and that's why I think that throughout all of this, like communication is key, because mm. regardless of whether you're a bloke or a woman, you're always you always have have those same conversations, but you just approach them differently. So if you know, women need to realise that men think like that, and then men need to realise that women think like that as well. And then you know, if if you if you're struggling to communicate as a as a man and a woman as a couple. Just talk about it. You know? Yeah, I think that's the thing. It's putting. Go on, Ollie. So in an ideal world, that's the way. It, and, and I think all relationships do go out in the pretenses of yeah, we'll communicate, we'll talk about stuff like that. I think a lot of people go out like that, and that's how it starts. Where then things change, you know, don't they? Like things change and walls go up and barriers happen and. Well, that's why it's so important to put your ego to one side when it comes to relationships. And I think that's why communication is scarce is because people are too proud and stubborn. And I think, you know, when you have an argument, it's not about one-upping that person. It's about solving the problem. And I think both part people struggle with that. It's like, you know, you piss me off and I don't want to talk to you, but you need to, you need to get, they need to understand why they've pissed you off. And if you're not explaining that to them, then they're going to struggle. You know what I mean? Whereas if you sit down, maybe go off somewhere for a, an hour or two, come back, calm down. And then I think again, like Amy just said, communication can be the make or break for anything, mm-hmm. let alone just relationships. Yeah. But yeah. Um, I think that's pretty much everything guys. We've got like an, nearly an hour and a half for this episode. Is there yeah. anything else we'd like to add? I think I've got everything out that I need to say. Don't know about you guys. Yeah, I think, I think there'd be loads more that I could add, but I just oh, don't. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, th- th- that will happen as soon as we finish this episode. quite long, though. <laughs> Fine. I'm sure there'll be a lot of people, they skim them and whatnot, but it's cool. But, yeah, definitely. Like, we'll probably end up doing a, a another one about it, about something it's, similar anyway. The, so, look at this way. In six months' time, we could have the exact same podcast and your circumstances could be vastly different. 
You never know. Let us so, know. So, guys, we'll... You never know. You never know. Your DMs could explode after this. You never know. <laughs> well, we'll see. <laughs> we are thinking as well, uh, just for people listening, uh, we're considering, I mean, I don't know how we're going to do this, but maybe open up like some sort of email where people can send in questions. I mean, I don't see the need really. I mean, we've got Instagram. So if anyone has any questions, they can just like send them to Instagram, can't they really? Um, or topics that they'd like us to hear us talk about, then we can go through that. But um, yeah, so just while anyone's listening, if there's anything that they do want to hear us talk about in particular, then just get in touch and then we'll consider it. But cool. I think we'll uh, end this episode here, don't you? Yeah, yeah. In 20 minutes. Yeah, thanks for having me on anyway. And thanks for having us, having the chat. I yeah, think no, it's, it's been yeah. good. I think it's a good thing that you're doing. I think it's it's good that you you know you you're just talking about real stuff. So, yeah. and I hope a lot of people will be able to relate to what we've said and then what you go on to say in, in other episodes. So yeah, nice one, Amy. All right, okay. Well, we'll end that one here, and uh, I'll speak to you guys soon. Okay. Good wave. Yeah. See you later, guys. Nice one. <laughs>